So I'm watching this movie and it's about this comedian and I'm, you know, 10 minutes in and she's on a plane and she's having this meet cute with this man who I have no doubt they're about to enter into this tormented, hilarious, passionate, frustratingly beautiful love affair. Uh, and it made me think about a time where I thought I had a meet cute on a plane. So for the record, I'm 43 years old. I'm single and always have been single. I mean, I think maybe I was in a relationship when I was like teenager, early twenties, but I don't know, like that was a long time ago. And I think it was more daddy issue slash infatuation than actual relationship. I mean, we were together for a long time, but was it love at, I mean, I was 15, I think when I met him and he was 25. So let's talk about dysfunction right off the bat. So anyways, I'm on this flight and this was maybe 10 years ago, I'd say maybe a little less. And there's this lovely looking young man sitting next to me. And so another part of my backstory is I suffer from terrible, horrible depression, always have. So, you know, immediately I'm thinking, well, he's way out of my league. To be fair, I'm sure he probably was, but he's talking to me and I'm flattered and it's nice. I mean, it's just nice to be getting a smidgen of attention from another human being, regardless of circumstance. And the plane takes off and I'm telling him that I'm a nervous flyer and he keeps my mind off of that first 15 minutes or so, you know, that whole statistically speaking, if your plane's going down, it's going down in the first or the last 15 minutes. So I'm pretty grateful that we're having this chat and then he kind of gets quiet. So I do whatever it is that I'm doing, reading or whatever. And then I feel his leg touching mine. And it was so stupid because I got that little kick in my heartbeat, right? Like this has happened to you, right? This happens to people, right? And it's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. His leg is touching my leg, his knee is touching my knee, oh my God. And so I just kind of enjoy it for a few minutes. And then I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to be all like, I don't know what, coy, cute, something. I'm going to try and pull off a look of some kind. I'm going to give him the side eye, batty eyelid thing. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So I look over him anyways. Guy's asleep. Guy's just asleep and has managed to manspread himself into my space. So that was my whole meet cute. And it's, it's ridiculous. So I think the reason why I'm deciding to do this podcast now is because depression is kicking my ass a little more than usual. Um, and I need someone to talk to. And I don't have those things called friends. <laughs> and I can't afford any kind of paid friendship in the form of psychiatrist or psychologist. So I'm like, I'm just going to spew it all over the internet because somehow that seems like a great idea. And um, it just, you know, sent me down that spiral of thought of 
love and relationship and marriage. And it's one of the many things that I see other people doing. And I'm wondering how they do it. And like, there's a lot of things in life that I see that I know that I want, like people who have stable careers and money and houses. And how the fuck do you people buy houses? Like, how are you doing that? Especially you've got like two young kids and a dog and a cat and two cars. How the fuck are you buying houses? Honestly, I'm like, barely have any bills at all. And I still can't afford to breathe. I mean, I can never afford to buy a house. So yeah, I look at those people and I'm like, in awe of all of their adultiness, like, somehow, they've put all the pieces in the right places. And like, even if it's fake, even if they're half a million dollars in debt, like some bank somewhere allowed them to become half a million dollars in debt. And that alone is pretty cool because no bank is going to lend me money to buy a house right now. Um, like it's just, it's not, it's not going to happen. So I guess some of my depression has been just wandering the streets of this town I'm in. I'm in a new ish city and just seeing these people living their ordinary everyday lives. And I wonder like, what's it like to be them? And this is something I'm always done. I've always wondered what people's story is. Uh, recently I was in a city doing a course and I was too cheap to pay for parking. So I was taking the bus and every person that I sat behind, I would like stare at the back of their necks and I would look at every little hair, every mole, every muscle, every bone. And I would wonder things like, you know, like the typical things that maybe anyone would wonder, where have you come from? Where are you going? What are you doing? What do you do for a living? Do you go to school? Do you have a wife? Do you have a mom? But then also oddly specific things like, what does your closet look like? <laughs> do you own a red shirt? Have you ever been to, uh, I don't know, Wyoming? I don't know. <laughs> and every person, it's a different set of questions. And I don't know, people fascinate me. And I'm a little bit on the autistic scale. So maybe it's because I just man, you're getting a lot of my insight in this first real episode. So yeah, I'm, I'm depressed. I'm single. I'm autistic <laughs> and I tend to spiral out of control because somehow we started talking about a love story and now I'm talking about how I'm on the autistic scale, wondering about other people's lives. But, um, I'll say one more quick thing and then we'll go back to the love story. So this whole fascination with people's lives, I think feeds in part into me changing my life completely every six months to a year. Like I think I've done somewhere around 25 jobs, lived in something like 30 different places. And I've been analyzing that a lot lately 
and it's partially the pursuit of happiness, even though I know that constant sustained happiness isn't really a thing. But I think it's more like, so I've also suffered from addiction issues in the past. I'm a recovering alcoholic. And I think it's that same sort of chasing that high. I think it's that hit of dopamine when I start something new and it pushes back that dark cloud for like a minute until the depression kicks in. And I'm like, well, I'm obviously shit at this thing. <laughs> they can see that I'm trying to like fake it. And the longer I do this, most people would be getting better at the thing that they're doing. And I don't, I tend to get worse, or at least in my mind, that's how it is. I don't know if that's how it actually is. So back to the love story, what I'm, what I started to try to say is that while I'm jealous of other people's lives in some aspects, I don't know that I'm jealous about the whole love partner marriage thing. I just don't like, I love being by myself. I love doing my own thing. I travel a lot. I cannot imagine traveling with someone else. I cannot imagine living with someone else. Like happily coexisting in somebody else's space is just not something that I'm interested in. But yet I romanticize the idea about love, you know, like having the support and maybe I would be talking to my romantic partner instead of the microphone in my living room going out to complete random strangers. I would like to think that would happen. I mean, yeah, it's weird. I don't know. It's like, and everyone talks about that, the first exciting phases of a relationship that you meet someone and you have these butterflies and you want to be together all the time and all of that shit. I don't want any of that. I hate that. I want to be in the, we've been together for 10 years, totally comfortable, have seen each other at our lowest, ugliest, most horrific moments and are still together phase of the relationship. I don't want any of that initial scary falling in love crap. So I could just be in a 10 year relationship. That would be great. And the same goes with friends. Like it's not even necessarily romantic. Um, I, I don't have friends. I've got a lot of people in my life that I've met through traveling or through working or whatever. And we've kept in touch. I have a very few people that I would consider actual friends. I don't make new friends. I'm not good at making friends. I'm not good at keeping in touch with people. And, and it's exactly the same kind of thing. Like the friends that I've had for a long time, I cherish those friends. I, I can't even put words to it. I mean, you know what I mean, right? Like they're my people. They're, they're my people. But the thought of meeting new people, ugh. and yet none of my friends live where I am. So it's like, I wish I could take all of the people that I consider to be my friends and force them to live in my town <laughs> so I can just have my people and not have to meet new people. And then of course, if all of my people could get along with each other, that'd be great. I mean, you know, that's not going to happen, right? So anyways, that's my 
brain vomit of the day. I'm going to go back to watching this movie while I cook my potatoes and start realizing that I should actually probably be in bed real quick. Um, I'm working this job that I hate. Again, it's a new job and it's shift work and it's really drastic shifts. I'm either up at 3.30 in the morning or going to bed at 3.30 in the morning and there's no real in between. It's, uh, it's crazy and it's on call. So I tend to get last minute call outs. So um, thankfully the crewing office doesn't open until like right close to when the morning shift starts. So if I'm getting a morning shift call out, I get a call the night before and I just got a call at like six o'clock tonight that I need to work at five o'clock tomorrow morning. So really like to work at five o'clock, it's a half hour commute. You got to be there 15 minutes early. I like to be up an hour early. So I should be in bed any minute. And I'm like just cooking potatoes now. So anyways, I got to go do some shit because I have to go to bed. Um, right. So this is the kind of crap you can look forward to. It's just going to be whatever happens to pop into my head because I need a place to put this stuff. And like I said, I can't afford any kind of therapist. So you are my therapy. You are my friend. Um, you're my meet cute, I guess. So uh, thanks for listening.